Last week, our other beloved deacon, the Reverend Dr. Linda Brown, talked about Jesus' new commandment to love one another as he loved us. And what a tall order that really is. To live our lives in such a way that people will know that we are followers of Christ just by our actions. In this week's gospel, as Jesus nears his own death, he seeks to prepare the disciples for continuing his work without him. Jesus seeks to reassure them that they know everything they need to know in order to accomplish this work. And Jesus even promises them some assistance. He tells his disciples that after he has gone to his heavenly Father, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will come in his name to teach them everything and remind them of all that he has said to them. The Greek word for this Holy Spirit is paraclete, which translates into the one called alongside or companion. Other synonyms include comforter or counselor. It's a hard word to pin down because it has so many different meanings. Just a little earlier in this chapter, Jesus describes this advocate as the spirit of truth. In John 14:17, Jesus says, "You know the spirit because the spirit abides in you, and the spirit will be with you." In a couple of weeks on the day of Pentecost, we will hear divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. This spirit of truth shares in the work of Jesus because Jesus is the truth. Remember, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The work of the Holy Spirit is to keep the truth of Jesus present to the world after Jesus has gone to his heavenly Father. The disciples of Jesus, those in the first century and we here in the 21st century, carry that spirit within us. It abides in us to remind us of all that Jesus taught. The spirit helps us to remember Jesus' most important words. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. And we see what might be the workings of the Holy Spirit in today's reading from Acts. Paul had kind of made up his mind that he should go to Asia. But through a series of blocked paths on that side and some unusual dreams, he finds himself in Macedonia, in the city of Philippi. Lydia, who was a remarkable woman in her own right, who is wealthy enough to have whatever she desires, finds herself seeking out something spiritual. 
and finding themselves in this quiet place of prayer, Lydia meets Paul, and together they begin the spread of Christianity into Europe. People today have different understandings or experiences around the idea of the Holy Spirit. My partner Liz describes a small voice that speaks to her, gently nudging her to act. She says that when she listens to that voice, things usually work out well. But when she doesn't listen, well, that's often another story. I find that I experience the Holy Spirit in relationship. I might have an encounter with someone, maybe, maybe over something important, but most often over something completely ordinary. And afterwards, upon reflection, think, that was the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit seems to bring a kind of holy yardstick to whack us when we really need it. Nudge, nudge, whack. Let's try it again. Nudge, nudge, whack. (laughs) One more time. But the point is this. The Holy Spirit lives inside us all. All last week, Richard Rohr's daily meditation posts centered on the Holy Spirit and Trinitarian spirituality. This line about the Spirit stood out to me. It's God in you that loves God. It's God through you that recognizes God elsewhere. And it's God for you that assures you that you are finally and forever okay. You are finally and forever okay. Okay. I love that. If you were here a few weeks ago on Palm Sunday, you heard me ask you to be open to the thin place that is Holy Week. And I believe many of you took that suggestion to heart. Today I ask you as we get closer and closer to the day of Pentecost and go beyond it, to be open to the Holy Spirit in all aspects of your life. It really is our connection to Jesus now that he is no longer physically present on earth. It really is how we can have a relationship with Jesus even though we weren't present in the community of first century believers. The reality of the Holy Spirit has come down to us through the centuries because believers in Jesus were willing to follow his model of love, willing to keep his word, willing to love one another as Christ loved us. And now it's our turn to carry on that relationship, to live out Jesus' model of real, radical, capital L, love. Several years ago, a good friend recommended that I read The Road by Cormac McCarthy. You may have seen the movie. It is a post-apocalyptic story of a man and his young son as they make their way through a devastated world 
toward an end neither one can clearly see. The man who knows he is dying does everything in his power to protect his son, but also to prepare his son for the future. You see, the man sees his son as the last bit of proof that there is a God. And the boy who has lived his entire life in this blasted world has an inherent sense of goodness and compassion toward others, even those who would do him harm. Toward the end of the novel, as the man nears death, the boy expresses a desire to just die with him. But the man tells the boy to persist, to survive, to, quote, carry the fire. Throughout the novel, references to the fire symbolize hope and human resilience. And only the good guys, those who haven't succumbed to the evil and destruction in the world, carry the fire. The conversation between the two goes like this. You have to carry the fire. I don't know how to. Yes, you do. Is the fire real? The fire? Yes, it is. Where is it? I don't know where it is. Yes, you do. It's inside you. It always was there. I can see it. Just as those first century disciples did, we have to carry the fire of the Holy Spirit so that those around us and those who come after us know Christ's message of radical love. In his commentary on this gospel and feasting on the word, Peter Carman wrote, In the absence of a physically present Christ, our daily practice makes real the living presence and love of God. Love in action is the route to experiencing love's grace-filled indwelling. Love in action is the closest we come to evidence of God. Amen.